everybody, this is Ed from the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, here with another Whiskey Short, and joining me as always is Scott. Hey, everybody. And today we're going to do one of our fabulous, traditional, often talked about, and always loved quick tastes of a whiskey that's up and coming. Yeah. Today we have a Benash barrel pick from the Starlight Distillery. Mm, yeah, Carl T. Huber. It's a limited release. It's double-oaked bourbon whiskey, and we're going to give it a try. Yeah. Whiskey Short. I have a little bit of a history for the Starlight Distillery. This is one we've never featured before. Nope, never have. Uh, one I've heard about, though. In uh, bourbon nerd circles, this is actually pretty big. Right. So once again, just to understand how lucky we are in our life, Benash is a liquor store in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which is a honey hole of all honey hole. And while I was in there, I talked to Billy, as I do. He makes selections and suggestions to me, as he does. And the Starlight was one of the ones that he said we should consider drinking. And you know, Billy says that. We buy it, we drink it, and we like it. It's never failed it's a it's a system that's worked flawlessly for years and we love it so scott's going to give a little history on starlight and tell us what they're about and how they're making noise yeah this surprisingly goes back a long time so in 1843 they always seem to even the new distillery somehow find a way to get back to the 1800s yeah in 1843 a man named simon huber emigrated from germany to the town of starlight indiana about 20 miles north of louisville kentucky and started an 80 acre farm Soon after, the Huber family began growing grapes and making wine with an eye cast backwards to their forebears in the Mosul wine region of Germany. Today, the very same farm encompasses 750 acres and is the largest producer of grapes in the state of Indiana with more than 400,000 pounds annually. In 2001, in another homage to their forebears, the Huber family opened a distillery on the property in order to make brandy and later whiskey with the goal of becoming a true grain-to-glass operation. Not only did they teach themselves how to farm both corn and rye, they installed the pot stills themselves. Because the winery is the primary income source for the Huber family, they've been able to sit and wait for the full-sized 53-gallon barrels to mature for three years or more, free from the financial constraints that force other craft distillers to source whiskey from elsewhere in order to establish a brand name. Starlight produces both bourbon and rye whiskeys, along with gin, rum, vodka, brandy, and a number of fruity liqueurs. Yeah, so they made their mark and their money, if you would say, as a winery. Right. And then this became a pet project of the kids. Brothers, I think, were the ones that started this. If I remember the story from what I heard in the, out in the streets, in the whiskey streets, everybody. <laughs> that's where you get the real dirt. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of information yeah. on their website and other places. This is what I could gather about the uh, distillery themselves. For this particular double oak bourbon, the Carl T. Huber we have, it is a small batch signature whiskey named after fourth generation family member, Carl Theodore Huber. Right. After aging a new charred American oak, this Carl T. batch was transferred and aged an additional eight months in new oak barrels from Napa Valley's famous cooperage, Seguin Moreau, which developed a process called vanilla toasting, whereby a barrel is first toasted to achieve a deeper penetration of heat into the staves and then charred, which at least doubles the extraction of tasty vanillin and lactone compounds versus charring without toasting. This process provides a bourbon with intense oaky notes, enhanced vanilla flavors, and a mellow rye spiciness. Nice. So about the barreling, Brown Foreman has one of the biggest cooperage operations in Kentucky. Mm. And then the second one is... Oh, Independent Stave Company. Correct. So that's usually the two that end up barreling the majority of whiskey in the United States. Yeah. But there's a lot of independent ones. The one that Scott just mentioned Mm -hmm. and a group called Kelvin. Right. And I was under the understanding that at least one of the barrels used in the production of this was Kelvin barrels. Now, we've had a difficulty confirming that, but I wanted to put that out there in case that's true. Yeah. I thought it was the second one, but... 
but based on what Scott just said, it doesn't seem possible to be the second one. So maybe it was initially barreled in the Kelvin barrel right. and then finished in the Seguin Moreau barrel. You know, I don't speak French, everybody. <laughs> <That's right>. So <laughs> in any version of it, and let's fries at the end of it. So, um, <laughs> Um, 109.4 is the proof. It's finished in another barrel. Yeah, it's aged uh, four years and the eight months and the additional aging. The mash bill is two different mash bills that are blended together. A 60% corn, 20% rye, and 20% malted barley. And a 51% corn, 20% rye, 9% wheat, and 20% malted barley. All right, so I have the tasting notes from Breaking Bourbon. So uh, let's dig in. Oh, it has a nice vanilla. You can definitely smell vanilla on the nose. Wow. I get a little bit of a citrus. Like Do a, you? Like a, almost like an orange, but a sweet orange. It's very sweet. I get um, vanilla. I get brown sugar. I get oak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get the brown sugar most of all. And the other ones, of course, what type of vanilla do you get? I mean, it was really apparent to me. It, it actually smelled like vanilla extract okay. to me. So like just pure vanilla then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, I get like Ooh, a... It's very oaky. Oh, you taste it? Yeah. It's oaky on the taste, but the oakiness kind of disappears very quickly. Tell me you don't taste the orange curacao that I was talking about on that finish. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't have called it orange, but it does go in sort of a slightly citrus direction. I get like a rye spice to it in the middle of it. There's like a floral rye. Yeah, very floral. Almost a dill. Mm. Very quickly. It's like a flash of dill. Mm. I'm going to try the guy. I didn't get any dill, but I definitely get the rye and I definitely get floral notes all through it. Mm-hmm. It really transitions. It's um, it's very good. Yeah, it's quite unique. It's got a flavor that I really can't say I've tasted a lot. It mixed in that floral rice spice. Yeah, yeah. It's really dry on the finish. Wow, yeah. Woo! Oh, my God. It's so crafted. There's so much love that went into this, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. I really feel like mm-hmm. these are made by people that Scott said earlier. They're not pressured to throw stuff out. They're like, no, we'll, we'll wait till it's the way we want it. Yeah. You know, like, we're doing this for... You know, they for want themselves. To, yeah, they uh, want to make money, but it doesn't need to carry the company. And I think that's a huge difference. Oh, yeah, let me put some water in here. Actually, yeah. I'm going to throw Drop some water in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's 109 proof. It can handle yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, you're going to throw it on globe? Yeah, just real quick. Okay. I'm going to just let it chill real quick and uh, drink it right away. Mm, more of the sweet with a little oh, bit yeah. of drops of water oh, on God, it. Oh, God, yeah. The burn has definitely subsided. Yeah. Yeah, the oakiness is yeah. uh, much diminished. The rye spiciness is diminished a bit, too. This is quite good. I I really like this. Yeah, it's a change of pace. I mean, let me be very clear how I say this. It wouldn't be an everyday for me. Yeah. It has a very unique flavor. It reminds me in the way I feel about the one that has the millet instead of rye, Corval. Oh, the Corval? Yeah, what did I say? You put an R in it. I said Corval. There's no R in it. Corval. 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 I think it's Corval. I'll start again like I didn't say all that. <laughs> I think the uh, Corval. Corval. Right. Just like that. <laughs> yep. You want to put an R in it. I don't know why. Coval. 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 No, you did it. Fuck. <laughs> so let me pick a different whiskey than I taste like. <laughs> Oh, oh my, shit. Pick, my point is another pick that I got from Banash was a barrel pick of Coval. And <laughs> <laughs> folks, this is our whole podcast. Ed mispronouncing and me pronouncing it right and us laughing about it. <laughs> Sometimes we just have to agree to disagree on how I think it should be pronounced. Um Coval. Or Coval. 
It's made with uh, corn and millet instead of mm. rye or wheat. And it has a very unique flavor. And I like it a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Just like I like this a lot. But I don't want to drink it every day. It's got a unique flavor profile. And so does this. And it's... What you see the price on it? I bought it. I can't remember. Oh, you know what? Right. I was going to ask you because you got this as a barrel pick. It I did. Let me remember. Slightly different than the, the, the thing is, I don't price shop there. If, if Billy tells me to buy it, I just buy it. Right. And he never steers me wrong. And their prices are so reasonable there. Um, I'm going to get 60. Yeah. It's between 50 and 60. Yeah. It was not over 60. I don't believe so. Yeah. And it's worth it. It's double oaked. It's high proof. It's meeting all the criteria for you to spend a couple more dollars on. And on top of that, the flavor profile is delicious and unique. Very sweet, but yet there's enough spice and floral that you don't feel like it's, you know, Widow Jane decadence or anything. Right. So the tasting notes from Breaking Bourbon uh, on the nose, rich vanilla, cherry, apple, and butterscotch. Right. Which was, I didn't actually smell cherry but or apple, but the vanilla and butterscotch, absolutely. Right. My sugary orange might have been his cherry. It wasn't a very citrusy orange. It was yeah. more of a candy orange. Um, the palate, vanilla, cinnamon, apple pie, and oak. I mean, I didn't really taste a lot of baking spices on this. Did you? No. But so again, he doesn't have this one either. No. So so it's a generalization. Sure. And on the finish, oak, leather, and very drying. <laughs> oh, good. But we can basically say whatever we want because he certainly does not have the one we had here. So ours Also, right, because ours is a higher proof, too. Yeah, ours is higher proof. And it's, by the way, sweet orange. I mean, <laughs> I do get a little bit of apple now. It's funny how sometimes... That's why I don't try not to look at the tasting notes. Like, I prepared this, but I prepared it, you know, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you're right. We absolutely can manufacture it. You know, George, the creator of the neat glass, told me that, you know, when you're drinking out of a Glencairn or something, you get that blast of ethanol in your nose and you go nose numb, you'll automatically go to muscle memory and to start including very generic things that you've smelled in the past. Like yeah. When you're not really sure what you're smelling, but you know you're smelling something. Oh, and I think we should uh, mention the fact that we're drinking the Starlight yeah. whiskey out of the neat glasses that apparently were sent to space. Right, these are commemorating this month in March. Two neat glasses were launched into space as some type of. I wish we had more information. I mean, <laughs> uh, George literally handed these glasses to me and told me about it, but it was right before I began a weekend in Vegas. So <laughs> the fact that I remember that they went in space gives me credit. But the neat glass is the first whiskey tasting glass to be in space. <laughs> so that's what we're celebrating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so just some of the other products that the Starlight Distillery has. Yeah. They have uh, five brands. Two rums, two gins, a vodka, and seven whiskeys. Uh-huh. So they have the double oaked bourbon that we're drinking tonight. They have the Carl T. Huber bourbon regular. Yep. They got the bottled and bond. You know I'm a sucker for bottle and bond. Yeah, the port barrel finished Carl the, T. Huber bourbon. The portly finished one? Portly bat finished. <laughs> uh, the sherry barrel finished. Carl T. Huber Berman, uh, old Rickhouse rye whiskey, and they have a blackberry whiskey, which I guess is a flavored whiskey, but I think it's still 80 proof, so it's a, it's still a whiskey. Right. Just flavored with blackberries, which is interesting. I've never I mean, heard of that. I think I had blackberry brandy when I was a kid. <laughs> when you were seven. Yeah, we would go sledding, <laughs> and whenever we crashed at the Poconos, they would just come by with like this big leather flask and shoot brandy in our mouth and send us back up the mountain. Wow. That healed us. <laughs> it healed you. Yeah, it was yes. like a healing elixir. Right. And the next time down, we steered even worse. No wonder you're like you are. It all makes sense now. This and simple carbs. That's all it took. That's all it took. Lots of bad decisions drinking early and then just basically bad. Yeah, bad. lots of uh, blackberry brandy and high fructose corn syrup. Exactly. You can get that by the bottle if you really try. Oh, really? Yeah, you got to order. Oh. It, takes, it takes a little bit, but you can get it. You can I added to everything. Oh, best decision ever made. It's like uh, the Re- Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's it. I um, think that's it. I mean, verdict. 
pretty good. Absolutely. Worth the money. Respect the effort. Respect the family and the history. And the fact that what you have here is a company that has the time and patience to be creative and really see their projects to fruition. It's a nice luxury to have. So go out there, explore Starlight's line. I yeah. think you're going to be happy with it. We're going to. Right. We're going to continue to explore it. And for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. Cheers, everybody. Later. Later.